Hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. Happy Friday, glorious, glorious Friday, the 28th day of October 2022. Friday is upon us. Going to be a shorter show today. I find that people listen to less on Fridays. They don't listen to the show less frequently, but they listen to less of the show on Fridays. And I've got stuff I got to get done today, like I'm going to go an early vote. So let's get it on. There's a lot to get to. But first, tonight, it will not be a short version of the Week in F and Review because, oh, God, these freaking people. I've got to talk about Frankenstein and the media's coverage of Frankenstein. Where are all... Oh, don't get me... I'm not going to do it now. Never do the show before the show. So go to patreon.com slash Podcast and uh, sign up or at uh, DerekHunter.locals.com. Personally, I find Patreon much more user-friendly, but I know that people have objections to them, understandable ones, so they prefer the... Uh, what you call it, the locals page. Whichever the case is, it matters not. It's just appreciated. You get the same content at both. So it'll be live at 12.01 a.m. Eastern Standard Time tonight. And then it'll be live forever up there. So you join, you not only get this week's episode, you get all the past episodes. You get to enter the contest this week between Michelle Malkin and Judge Janine. Autographed books galore, given away every week we give away books so check it out, please, and consider supporting the program. All right, let's get started. We have a lot going on. There's a bunch of stuff to get to today, and uh, we will cover as much of it as humanly possible. I want to start off, well, where does the left's obsession, the left's obsession with race and victim status and what have you is really getting... Uh, out of control. It was never really all that in control, but it's getting worse and worse and worse. And uh, it's not working anymore. That's the thing. All these leftist tactics of division, divide, to conquer, they used to work. They really did. It helped get Democrats into power. It helped Democrats maintain power. Now it's not working like it used to, but they don't adapt. They don't go, we need to try something else. What they do is simply double down on it. They ride crazy out. You got to give them credit for that, I suppose. They just go, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride the crazy. We're going to ride the lightning, man. We're going to go all the way through the end of the tunnel on the crazy. It's not particularly good for society. It's not particularly healthy for them, but it is what they do. It is how they are. Because the alternative would be to change tactics. And you, there are only so many ways that you can sell a big steaming bag of excrement, which is what democratic progressive policies are. So they've got to ride it out, especially at this point in an election. They can't pivot. They're going to try to pivot a little bit. They're going to try to tell you that the economy is doing great. They're going to try to tell you, oh, man, you're doing this is you don't know how good you've got it, which is a weird argument to make. Like they're they're uh, they're going to try to convince you that you've got it better than, you know, 
This story from the Associated Press is a prime example of it. The U.S. economy grew at better-than-expected 2.6% annual rate from July through September, snapping two straight quarters of economic contraction and overcoming punishingly high inflation and interest rates. Thursday's estimate from the Commerce Department showed that the nation's domestic product the broadest gauge of economic output grew in the third quarter after having shrunk in the first half of 2022. Stronger re- exports and steady consumer spending backed by a healthy job market helped restore growth to the world's biggest economy. What you're going to be told now is by this administration, by Democrats everywhere, is we've come out of a recession. It's this 2.6% is weak growth. It means, I believe it's 0.3% growth on the year, provided that it actually is accurate. I wouldn't trust anything coming out of this administration, to be perfectly honest with you. However, they're going to make the argument, Joe Biden has let us out of the recession. Let us out of the recession. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. And you go, how is that possible? We were in a recession. The very same people who have been insisting we are not in a recession, not at all in a recession, will now say, oh, glory be to our dear leader. He led us out of it. Look at the wonderful things that Joe Biden has done. Is there nothing Joe Biden can't do? Don't believe it. It's garbage. Consumer spending, which accounts for about 70% of U.S. economic activity, expanded at 1.4% annual pace, down from a 2% rate in April through June. Last quarter's growth growth also got a boost from exports, which shot up at an annual pace of 14.4%. Housing investment, though, plunged at 26% annual pace, hammered by surges, surging mortgage rates as the Federal Reserve raises borrowing costs to combat chronic inflation. Now, does that sound like a healthy economy to you? People spending more. People are spending more because things cost more, right? If you have to pay 10% more to fill up your car, and we don't, you know, you have to pay at least 50% more. But if you had to pay 10% more to fill up your car than the previous year, you're spending on this is up 10% year over year. And you go, oh, wow, look at that. We're great. We're spending there. Therefore, there's economic stimulus. But that, is that really economic stimulus? Is that the economic stimulus you want? The kind of spending you want is you've got money, that uh, excess money, disposable income, as they say. You're doing so well that you've got some disposable income and you buy some luxuries. What people are spending more on are not luxuries. Food costs more. So, of course, your spending is up. Food costs more in the third quarter than it did in the second quarter and in the first quarter. And it'll probably cost more in the fourth quarter. So, you're spending more. Does that indicate to you that why it's a healthy economy? No. Many of your fellow Americans are doing what? They're putting their spending on their credit cards. That strike you as healthy? Because their pay hasn't increased just the cost of everything has. Beginning to see the problem here? Beginning to see how you cook the books and why I always say if you control the unit of measure, you can control everything? You get to decide what it is. You get to decide how things are. (laughs) Yeah, isn't that great? 
Isn't that great? Isn't it wonderful? This is how your government works. Of course, these number, there'll be more numbers before the election, but it's telling. Keep in mind, you will start hearing this from the president on down that we, well, probably not from the president, but definitely from his economic advisors. I can't imagine them putting the, something complex like this. There might be a question or two that leaks into his brain and he tries to answer and then they'd have to do cleanup on aisle five. So they're going to keep the president. They'll let him come out and do a statement and then get him away from there, but they'll keep him away from this. I suspect Charine Jean-Pierre, I suspect the economic team around the president will talk about the economy is now booming. The economy is now growing. The economy is this, that, and the other thing. And they will tell you how Joe Biden's policies and Democrat policies have let us out of recession just in time for the election. It's weird how this works. And therefore, if you want to continue to get out of recession, you need to vote for Democrats because Republican policies will put us in recession which will be a neat trick considering it was Democratic policies to put us in recession. Republicans have no power. Republicans have no ability to do anything right now. Everything that's happening is Democrat-led. The inflation, the cost of fuel, it's all because of Democrats. Republicans weren't even in town that month. But they'll tell you these things because uh, they're liars. Well, let's just be honest. Democrats lie. But as they do, remember that they spent the last three months doing what? Insisting. There was no inflation. There was, I mean, there was no uh, recession. And they spent the last year saying inflation is going to be transitory. It's wildly temporary. It's wildly temporary. And oh, by the way, these numbers will be revised in about a month, maybe two that's how it works. I don't even think these are the official numbers, but this is what the Democrats are going to latch their, their thing. I think the Bureau of Labor Statistics comes out with them, but whatever. Um, they will be revised. And if it turns out that these numbers are not really as good as they're saying, they'll be able to say, well, we always revise these numbers. These numbers are always, they're not revised all that much. They're revised very little. If these numbers are revised by a full point or more uh, downward in particular, which is where if I had to bet, they, that, that's what would happen. Remember, it was because the people who have politicized the FBI, the people who have politicized the Department of Justice, the people who have weaponized the IRS have done it on purpose. They weaponized government data. Make no mistake about it. Put nothing past these people, ladies and gentlemen. Reagan, you say President Reagan always was famous for saying trust but verify. Well, you can't verify. You should never trust the government until you begin to see it with your own eyes. If you are seeing an economy becoming so much better and so much stronger, then fine, go ahead, believe it. But I don't think you're seeing that. I don't think you're seeing that. Gas prices have sort of normalized around 360 370 a gallon. Remember they were about $2.12 or whatever it was when Joe Biden took office. You can get used to an awful lot. You can absolutely get used to an awful Think about this if you've ever had braces. And I've never had braces, but I had a retainer which I abused and didn't use properly and that's why my teeth are still a little crooked in the front. But 
when they tightened your braces or tightened your retainer. Problem was I tightened my own retainer and I made all my teeth. Really, I was just impatient. So I made all my teeth really loose. It was a mess. Um, I tried to do in about a two week period what you're supposed to do over the course of six months. Um, when you tighten them, it hurts. It's uncomfortable. It's horrible. And then you get used to it. Then your body adapts. Then your teeth start to move then it starts to hurt less. You can get used to a lot of things. And then by the end, when they're they're tightening and tightening and tightening and things are moving even more, by about, I don't know, third, fourth time you're tightening them, they're getting tightened, you're used to the hurt. You know, it'll hurt for about a day, but it doesn't hurt that bad anymore. I'm kind of used to it. You can get used to paying $3.70 at the pump. You can get used to paying $4 at the pump. You can get used to paying $7 at the pump if you live out in Nevada, Arizona, or California. You can get used to those sorts of things. That's what they're counting on. You get used to them and you begin to accept them as the norm, but they are not the norm. They're artificial. Remember, these are the people who desperately, throughout the know, 20 years, if not 30 years. See, I grew up across the river from Canada in Detroit, and you'd go over to Canada and you'd see gas, and you go, ooh, gas is cheaper over here. And then you realize that you're you're paying for its price per liter, not per gallon. And uh, you have to multiply that roughly by three. And then you go, holy crap, gas is like $1.25 in the U.S., and it's like $3 over here. This is terrible. Well, Canadians are used to that. Democrats used to say they wanted not Canadian-style prices. They wanted European-style prices, which were even higher. They're artificial. They were taxed into the stratosphere. That's what they wanted here in the United States. Why? To combat, combat climate change. Back when it was global warming, they wanted this. They used to be open about it. We're paying too little for gas. Barack Obama was open about it in 2008 when he met with the uh, editorial board, I believe, of the Philadelphia Inquirer, when he said, under my plan, Energy costs will necessarily skyrocket. Why? Because he wants you, Democrats want you to use less, travel less, do less without paying more. They want you to pay more is really what they want. They don't want you to do less. When they calculate the, uh, if say if they're going to double the, uh, the gas tax, when they do the accounting, they say, well, this will raise, they'll take whatever the gas tax is, and they'll double that. Whatever the gas tax raised last year, said, oh, it raised a trillion dollars, it'll raise two trillion dollars now. They'll lie about that, and then they'll go, and then we can spend that trillion dollars this way or that way or the other way, when in reality what they're arguing is they need to raise the gas tax, they need to go double the gas tax so people drive less to save the planet. Like, well, you can't double the revenue on something if people use less of it, if you simply doubled the taxes. They argue against themselves, but they don't care. They're frauds. They just lie. Don't ever believe government statistics. Look elsewhere for them. So as you hear these people make this argument that we're out of a recession, remember they were the ones who told you we weren't in one. But it's a better economic case to say, hey, uh, look at what Joe Biden did. He let us out of a recession because they cooked the books on these numbers and uh, rejiggered how they're calculated. And uh, yeah, the whole thing's a fraud. You and your perceptions and you, what you experience are far more important of an accurate indicator 
than anything some government bozo with a political agenda tells you. Don't ever lose sight of that. So in the push to tell you what is, isn't, and what isn't is, and the rush to divide to conquer the left is uh, hitting a bit of a roadblock when it comes to reality. I want to play you this clip from MSNBC. It's from Morning Joe today. It is one of the hosts on MSNBC, the lesser host. They have they relegate him to a weekend show. He's a racist named Mehdi Hassan. He, uh, God, he's a whiny leftist. He's really. It's kind of funny because when you hear this clip, I'm going to tell you ahead of time the name. He's got a book coming out in February called "How to Win in Every Argument" or something like that. And you're like, what? And you listen to this guy, his own show, which airs on Saturdays, and then he also has a show on. Uh, peacock every day you have to laugh because it's you know they peacock you sit there and you, they go why see they included peacock or they include the uh, msnbc streaming service with all the nbc products streaming and oh you can get movies and you can get that's where like i think the new halloween movie is and you get bravo and you get all these things on this uh network because if they just did, hey, it's MSNBC Plus, it'd be just as successful as CNN Plus, and it'd already be canceled. But if, since they included it in there, they uh, they don't tell anybody how many people are actually watching the extra bonus MSNBC, and uh, nobody is. And they just it's like the uh, it's like the rookie league or double A ball or something like that in a small town where nobody cares about the team. And you can see why Mehdi Hassan is relegated to there. He's like a fill-in host occasionally. He's a September call-up. And he's going against somebody called Shadi Hamid, who is from the Brookings Institution. And he's Shadi is pointing out accurately how Mehdi and his fellow travelers on the left, and weirdly, and there's a three-shot in this at one point. You don't hear his voice in this, but Joe Scarborough kind of sits there and, and nods along with, yeah, you know, Shadi's really telling the truth here. It's a big problem for Democrats, but Joe Scarborough recognizes that he he can't say that or he'll get crucified. He already got crucified yesterday for saying that it's painful to watch Fetterman talk and it's clear that he's impaired and shouldn't be a United States senator. And he, he's had to walk that back. Oh, you're ableist. So he doesn't say anything here, but Mehdi Hassan is arguing that the 2024 election is already rigged by Republicans against Democrats. You're like, what? How? How? It doesn't matter how. It doesn't matter how. And Shadi Hamid points out that that's a bit of a garbage argument and problematic in his own special way. Shadi, right now they are taking steps to make sure that the 2024 election is not a free okay. and fair election. You keep well, this just is concerning, pushing Mandy. that you're away. Not willing you to, cannot you're not willing this. to accept that outcome then. That's concerning no, I'm to not, me. I'm not, hold on, hold on. I, I'm, I'm willing to accept an outcome of a free and fair election. Shadi, as of right now, do you believe the 2024 election will be a free and fair election if black people are denied the right to vote, if there is when racist black gerrymandering people are denied continues, the right to vote, if that, election that's workers the first are threatened heard with death? Black people have been, t- the, the vote has been taken away from them? I it's mean, the first this, this is just, but this is very disenfranchised exa- in America. This is exaggerated Sorry, rhetoric that is that it's raising the existential wow. stakes. And what I would like each of us to do Have is to try to, to lower recently, the temperature. Shadi? 
You're not willing to do Sh- that. Hold what, on, Shadi. Do you not think our democracy is under threat? This is a very simple question. You think that election work is being harassed, trying to t- overturn elections, uh, death threats to election officials, uh, changing of voting laws, disenfranchisement of people in Florida. Okay, you think none of that is affecting the free and fair election in 2024? But, Seriously. But the other side of it is that when you raise the specter of a fascist threat, Shadi, can I just let, just let me... Only okay. one party is trying let to me, overturn democracy okay, right now. Nadine. Please stop the okay. both sides. Okay, when you raise the specter of a fascist threat, it justifies taking extraordinary measures to suppress that threat. And that's right. why sometimes people like the idea of suppressing democracy in order to save it. We think that so much is at stake that we have to do anything it takes to prevent Trump or any or someone like him from winning in 2024. That can lead to overreach. I worry your rhetoric can lead us to do things we shouldn't do in a democratic context. And for us as liberals to go too far into demonizing our, our opponents and, and the, the other side. That is not sustainable right. in a democracy. <laughs> you think? He's absolutely right. Like, wait a second. You got no proof. There's nothing. You're just making declarations about things two years ahead of time, preemptively going, this is why we're going to lose if we lose. Okay, so then what are you doing? You're saying only the only elections that are valid are elections that you win. The only elections are valid are elections that you win because the other side is a threat to democracy. How does that work? How do you square that circle? You can't square that circle. It's stupid. On top of being wrong, it's wildly stupid. And if you believe it, you're stupid. And you're sitting there going, uh, but Mehdi Hassan, how to win every argument. You can see Mehdi Hassan writes a book on how to win every argument. It's clear he never has any arguments. Because the only time he comes close to having somebody who disagrees with him is another liberal, and they disagree moderately, and that liberal absolutely destroys him. Absolutely destroys him with a couple of simple sentences, but you're just being, you're, you're the problem, Mehdi. You're being a little bit ridiculous. When Mehdi is challenged, what do you say? Oh, you don't think that black people are being disenfranchised? Uh, have you not been to Georgia? Okay, well, that's that's not an argument. <laughs> That's a that's a that's a buzzword. Oh, black people are being disenfranchised. Look at Georgia. Okay, look at Georgia. What am I seeing about Georgia? But it's it's Georgia. Don't you get it? Yeah, turnout is up like fifty percent amongst black voters down there. How is that disenfranchised? But it's it's Georgia. Just look at Georgia. Don't you see it? It's Georgia. God, I wonder if these people ever hear themselves. I wonder if they go home at the end of the day, take a shower, look at their family and go, my God, I was I was worthless today. I was worthless every day. I, I spent today lying. Look, I wonder if he wakes up in the morning going, look at Georgia. What does that even mean? What does that even mean? I don't think so. I don't. If there was a long conga line parade of people being disenfranchised, oh, they always say, well, this one person, this one woman went to the polls and somebody challenged her. And so she was given a provisional ballot, but then she didn't fill out the provisional ballot because blah, blah, blah. And uh, so totally disenfranchised. Where is this person? Why, uh, her name is Unicorn Mc, uh, McDisappear, and we can't, she has to remain anonymous. Oh, really? She has to remain anonymous. So she's probably uh, this new. They got the left is trying to destroy, and they always do this. Try to destroy every black man who does not conform to what they uh, will allow a black man to think and say. 
So Herschel Walker being a conservative Republican, Gloria, all like the first woman coming out saying he paid it for an abortion. And he said, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. Oh, no, no, he did. So it's a, he said, she said she has no proof whatsoever. Oh, they got a check. So what? There's a lot of people with checks from people out there. So that didn't work. So now Gloria Allred comes out on this scene. You might have spotted her broom in the parking lot of the press conference. And at the press conference, she has a, there's another woman, Herschel Walker, drove her in 1991 or whatever to get an abortion. Okay, who is it? She is asking to remain anonymous. Well, forgive me, Gloria Allred, but I happen to be old enough to remember when in 2012, when you came out with like five or six women who said, Herman Cain sexually harassed me or sexually assaulted me, depending on the woman, and we demand justice and we will not end until we get justice. We will not, we'll make sure that there's justice in Herman Cain's fundraising for president when he was in the lead. It dried up. And Herman Cain dropped out of the race because of it. And those women who were hell-bent for justice disappeared. Their their push for justice disappeared right with them. They were going to get justice, and then they stopped trying. It's weird. So forgive me if I don't believe you people, because you people are lying frauds. That you just heard Mehdi Hassan and and Shadi Hamid have an argument where the MSNBC progressive makes a complete and total ass out of himself all in service to the left-wing agenda and left-wing agenda right now it's not to educate people it is to divide it is to divide period end of story confuse get people thinking about things other than you know how much it cost to fill up their gas tank for example well they can't help themselves but divide trevor noah i don't know when he's leaving the daily show it can't be soon enough. It was never funny. But he's been wildly divisive. He Look, he grew up in South Africa. His autobiography is called Born a Crime. And in South African law, he was I think he was born under apartheid. I think he was. Although he might not be old enough. I don't know. He would have been near the end of apartheid. Still, doesn't make it good, doesn't make it right. So he was actually literally a crime because you were not allowed to marry interracially, date interracially, reproduce interracially in apartheid South Africa. So he's half black, half white. So you can understand sort of where he's coming from, but having lived and thrived in the United States for the better part of a decade or more, at some point you do kind of have to go, "Eh, we've gotten past that. But to be a the mere fact that the guy's got a TV show in the United States while he's not funny is a testament to the greatness of America. Because only in America would we tolerate somebody, oh, look, he's so wonderful. No, he sucks. He's not funny. Yes, but he's, uh, he's not white. So there you go. Like, uh, he's half white. Well, no, 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 shut up. Don't worry about it. You celebrate him for things other than the skill that he has. Kind of racist. But uh, that's how the left operates. He was talking about the new British prime minister. The new British prime minister is of Indian descent. Yes, he is of Indian descent. And the left is, you think they, first of all, you think they'd celebrate that. They don't because you see he is a conservative. Now, it's a British conservative. But it doesn't matter. 
he is still a conservative. And so you're ending up in a situation where what do they do? Do they just celebrate? Do they acknowledge Rishi Sunak's position as like the first minority, first Indian, uh, UK person, to whatever, to be prime minister? Or do they have to find a way to discredit that somehow? Because if it were a Labour Party member... They'd be going, oh, my God, it's so wonderful. Look at this. The UK is so wonderful. This is the same mentality. By the way, Democrats filibustered uh, Janice Rogers Brown from getting on the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals because she was black. They filibustered and blocked, uh, God, what was the guy's name? The Hispanic guy. Can't remember. From the same Circuit Court of Appeals. They wanted to keep every conservative minority that George W. Bush nominated to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. Off of Estrada, Miguel Estrada, just came to me. Um, they wanted to keep him off the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals because that is viewed as a jumping off point to the Supreme Court. And they did not want the first Hispanic or the first black woman to be nominated to the Supreme Court to be a conservative. They wouldn't have been able to really filibuster them. They wouldn't have been able to, to the lie about They would have been... It would have been difficult for them to lie about them, to smear them. So they filibustered them at the uh, circuit court level to prevent them from ever getting into that position. Chuck Schumer's staff wrote a memo about the importance of blocking Miguel Estrada because otherwise he could be nominated to the Supreme Court in the future, and that would be difficult for them to oppose. So they knew that nobody pays attention to these lower court appointments, and that's what they did. They're really scummy people when you get down to it. Honest to God, they are scummy, scummy people. But you'd think now, that, oh, the UK, the UK is not the United States. They hate, no, they hate Western civilization. They hate conservatism. They hate free market capitalism. They hate anything that isn't full-blown socialism. The conservative party over there, the Tories in the UK, are pretty squishy. They'd be moderate, they'd be Mitt Romney's over here. So you'd think that they could look at them differently, but they're not fully on their team. They hate Mitt Romney here, too. They use him when he's useful, but otherwise they hate him. So listen to Trevor Noah talk and lie about the U.K. prime minister and the U.S. and racism and sexism and all this garbage that these leftists need people to believe that is not true in order to help maintain their power. Watching the story of Rishi Sunak becoming England's first prime minister of color, of Indian descent, of all of these things, and then seeing the backlash is one of the more telling... um, It's just one of the more telling things about how people view the role that they or their people have played in in history. And what I mean by that is this. You hear a lot of the people saying, oh, they're taking over. You you know, now the Indians are going to take over Great Britain and and what's next and what... And I I always find myself going, so what? No, no, but, but stick with me here. So, so what? What are, you, what are you afraid of? Right? All of them, all of them. You, you see people in the UK, you see people like Tucker Carlson all the time saying, oh, you, you know what they're trying to do? They, you know, they, they, they won't stop until black people and, and women are in p- positions of power. So what? <laughs> no, no, and, and I don't say that as like a, oh, yes, let's do that. Or not. I'm saying, so why are you so afraid? And I think it's because the quiet part that a lot of people don't realize they're saying is, we don't want these people who were previously oppressed to get into power because then they may do to us what we did to them.
What we don't want women and minorities to get into power in the U.S. or the U.K. because they may do to us what we did to them. We, me, I didn't do anything. There's nobody alive who was a slave owner, and there's nobody alive who was a slave. You have to go several generations back if you are living off of that, dining out on the oppression of your ancestors. Your life is pretty pathetic. But it doesn't mean glory is not transferable by generation, neither is victimhood as much as the left would like it to be. But if he's sitting there arguing that, oh, we don't want uh, non-white and men to have power in the U.S. or U.K., uh, I wonder if they know about Christy Nome. I wonder if they, if Trevor Noah notices what his Democrats are trying to do to Herschel Walker right now, what they do constantly to Tim Scott, what they do nonstop. And oh, by the way, the UK women, they've had, uh, well, let's just go back a couple of prime ministers. Their most famous prime minister is Winston Churchill. Their second most famous prime minister, who would you say? Margaret Thatcher. Margaret Thatcher was a woman. I understand that Trevor Noah doesn't like inconvenient parts of history or inconvenient pieces of reality, but that doesn't diminish their existence. But these leftists, if they have such a great case to make, why do they have to lie? Why do they have, if they have the obvious truth on their side, then why would they choose to lie? If I have the truth on my side, I'm not going to lie. Why? Because when you're caught lying, it discredits you. Whatever argument you go, well, I could make this argument, but it's rather complex. It's accurate, but it's complex. Whereas if I go in the other direction and just tell people that, uh, they're going to be murdering people in the streets, then there you go. That's how the left is operating now. They're hoping to scare the hell out of people, make people angry. You get Mehdi Hassan going, the 2024 election is already being stolen. It's already being stolen. Yes, black people are being disenfranchised right now as we speak. Where? Have you not heard of Georgia? Well, I've heard of Georgia, but... Where is this massive push to disenfranchise, to discredit, to deny black people? Well, <laughs> I don't think you understand. Georgia. Yes. Okay. Uh, black voter turnout is through the roof. It's, it's setting records. It's not even close. Well, but disenfranchising black people, just because black people are turning out to vote, doesn't mean they aren't being disenfranchised. Yeah, it kind of it does. It's not alone it doesn't. But it's a pretty damn good indication in one way or another, especially when coupled with the fact that you can't point to droves of anybody going, I was disenfranchised. You can't find it. There's one story of one woman. Oh, I went and I said somebody challenged me. And so I was offered a provisional ballot. And then I, so I didn't take it. And I left. It's an anecdotal story. There's no proof of it. And even if there is, if they do find this unicorn out there in the wild, and they say, here it is, and here's the proof. Okay, that's one person. Sad? Fix it. There's plenty of time to fix it. But this person who allegedly exists, and, oh, they left. The story is this person then left. Now, if this person exists, I, I don't know. I would assume that I would have seen them on MSNBC at some point. MSNBC would set up a satellite truck on their front lawn. Going, oh, my God. And they'd have a weekend show on MSNBC by now. They would have talked to Mehdi Hassan. Morning Joe would have brought him on after Mehdi said that garbage. But I haven't seen it. I haven't heard it. Have you? 
A simple question to ask of Democrats, any question, you just ask any question, they don't have any answer for it, but how about just some, some proof, some evidence? I understand your rhetoric, but I have evidence that contradicts everything you're saying. Do you have any evidence that backs it up? The simple answer, the long answer, the short answer, they're the same, is no. All right, uh, now in the remaining time we have left, I want to just tell you a little bit about how dysfunctional is not the word, uh, degenerate, mm, what's the right word I'm looking for? How screwed up Democrats are? Uh, it's a, a little bit. Uh, they are really degenerates. They have really lost their collective mind, and I don't pluralize it expressly. The, uh, I told you about Dylan Mulvaney. Dylan Mulvaney is a trans person who is in the, I don't know, the, like day 230 of being a girl. It's a TikTok star. I tell you, when Dylan, Dylan Mulvaney is like famous right now, just got an in- interview with the president of the United States. Think of how many journalists don't get an interview with the president of the United States, especially this guy who they, they insulate. And choose, pick and choose. Like Jake Tapper probably had to agree. Like if he drops his note card, you have to pick it up, Jake. There's no, no gotcha questions. We need the questions in advance. And Jake Tapper said, "Well, sure, of course. I'm a, obviously I'm on the team, so I'll do whatever you tell me to do." Um, they uh, they live in this isolated where they keep him. Joe Biden is maybe the the only person more insulated and isolated than Joe Biden is John Fetterman. For pretty much the same reasons. Their brains don't function properly. And so, you know, Fetterman has a chance to recover, whereas it's too late for Joe. It's only going to get worse. And, of course, neither one of them have family members who care about them, seemingly. Because somebody would step in and go, we need to put a stop to this. This is is, uh, elder abuse or abuse of some sort. But neither one of them are doing that. But anyway, Dylan Mulvaney, the trans woman, the trans TikTok star. Imagine if you ever thought in your life you'd hear that sentence or you'd ever hear that sentence in your life again. The trans TikTok star who's documenting how many days he's been a girl. And the left absolutely loves him. He got invited to the White House. Not just, you know, we'll give you a Zoom call with the president or you can submit some questions in writing. Got an invite to the White House. This is uh, now since this person, this person is getting all the attention in the world and is living for it, loving it, getting TikTok superstardom. At some point, the novelty and make no mistake, and I don't mean this with any malice, but at some point, the novelty of Dylan Mulvaney's existence is going to wear off, at which point. The warm glow and warming embrace of the spotlight is going to fade and flicker out. It happens to everybody. Think of child stars that just disappear and then, you know, things go horribly sideways with them because they made a bunch of money. They have a bunch of money, but they really crave the attention. And the attention goes away. And so you think, well, if I'm more absurd, I'll get more attention. If I do this, I'll get more attention. Give me more. They start craving the attention and they piss away a lot of the money trying to get the attention. Unlike child stars of television shows, there are no residual checks for TikTok celebrities. So they're really going to be hurting because the money will dry up pretty quickly too. There won't be a, a mailbox money for the long term here. So I predict 
and I don't do anything with malice or with uh, glee or anything, but I predict bad things in the future for Dylan Mulvaney because the internet celebrity world for novelty acts is pretty damn quick and the lifespan is very short. That being said, which type of person, what type of person gets a sit down with the president of the United States? Well, it's the aforementioned Dylan Mulvaney. The Media Research Center went through and found a clip of Dylan Mulvaney talking about the problems, the difficulties of being a trans woman or whatever. Now, this might be uh, mildly offensive to people. You can tune out, you can turn it down or whatever for a minute and 14 seconds or whatever this is. But I just wanted to show you, to illustrate for you, exactly which type of person the Democrats give access to the President of the United States to. This is a video this person released on day 70-something of them being a girl. Day 74 of being a girl, round of applause for the makeup. And I wore this outfit shopping today, and I thought that these might be my new shopping shorts, but I was walking around and everyone was staring, and I was like, oh, okay, what's going on? And they were all staring directly at my crotch. And I went, oh, I forgot that my crotch doesn't look like other women's crotches sometimes because mine doesn't look like a little Barbie pocket. And I thought, okay, Dylan, you have some options here. Number one, you can stop wearing clothes that fit like this and, and just find looser fitting items. Number two, I can do a tuck, which is going to have to be a whole other video, but it's very painful and involved of a... Or number three, I just normalize it and I wear clothes like this and we all just normalize women having bulges sometimes because we're coming up on bikini season, baby, and you might see a bulge or two. So normalize the bulge. We are normalizing the bulge. Women can have bulges and that's okay. We're not going to stare at their crotches while they're wearing their little shopping shorts at the mall. Thank you. Love you. Bye. This is who gets access to the President of the United States. Have you had a question asked and asked of the President of the United States and answered by the President of the United States? Not you personally. You're not going to be able to go to the White House. But have you had anybody who remotely resembles your opinions, your concerns, or what have you, ask a question, President? Maybe, maybe Peter Ducey. Maybe Peter Ducey, but that's it. Yet this, and Peter Ducey will never get a sit-down interview with the President of the United States. It's just not in the cards. They hate him at the White House because he's the only one who won't conform. He won't obey. He is a disobedient dog. But Dylan Mulvaney, the normalize the bulge person, this dude who plays dress-up, who will definitely, definitely have a rough, rough life and probably a tragic one after the spotlight goes away unless he's surrounded by friends and family who care. They get invited to the White House. He gets invited to the White House in a sit-down interview with the President of the United States to talk about, of course, trans issues because you're a one-trick pony, apparently, if you tuck it back or want to normalize the bulge or whatever. Yeah. It's a sick world and a sick White House that we live in, and they're embracing mental disorders gleefully for political, what they think is political advantage. Just hope to God this stuff backfires.
Hope to God it backfires November the 8th. Don't forget to vote and grab somebody, put them in a headlock if they're going to vote Republican, and take them with you to the polls. If they're not, chain them to the radiator. No, don't chain them to the radiator, unless that's their kink. All right, that is it for today. That is it for this week, unless you are lucky enough to get the Week in Evan Review, which I'm going to record uh, with, I don't know, after I have a lot of caffeine. So I'm just, actually, I don't even need caffeine. I probably need some downers. Worked up this week. It's going to be lit. Patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast. D-E-R-E-K, the way the Lord meant my name to be spelled. Or DerekHunter.Locals.com. Appreciate the hell out of you listening. Thank you for the support. Have a great weekend. I'll hopefully see you at midnight or Monday. 